Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. This is your host today, Natalina. Oh, I've missed you guys. I know that you guys have had the opportunity and the pleasure to hear our other host, Leanne DeSanto. She's been doing an amazing job. Today, I'm stepping in for a little bit, and I get the honor of interviewing Dr. Robert London. He has practiced psychiatric for nearly four decades. He's a longstanding thought leader in cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnosis, and guided imagery. Now, the reason why I'm so excited to talk with Dr. Robert London today is because he's going to be diving in to the three steps to overcome anxiety and PTSD. Now, today we live in a world where we have the highest depression rate, the highest suicide rate across the board, not only with young adults, but with middle-aged and elderly. This is one episode you do not want to miss, especially with our current epidemic. So rise up for you and enjoy this episode with Dr. Robert London. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. It is such an honor to have you on the Rise Up For You podcast. Thanks. Thanks again for having me on your show. It's just wonderful. We always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So I would love for you to tell us about yourself in your own words. Well, I'm, I'm a psychiatrist uh, trained at the NYU. Uh, Bellevue Medical Center uh, many, many years ago. And uh, after my training, uh, I decided to try and specialize in short-term treatment. The reason I I did that was because most of the training uh, centered around long-term talk therapy or also long-term hospitalizations. And of course, today the hospitalizations when necessary are far too short. I come from a family of surgeons, my father, a couple of uncles. And when I chose psychiatry, my father, with tremendous amount of wisdom, said, well, if, you would, if you're going into psychiatry, uh, why not do something these other folks don't do? Because there was, as I said, long-term care and hospitalizations, which uh, went on forever. And um, I thought that what I would do was do just what the surgeons do, because I was always interested in surgery, but didn't want to do it, like to learn about it, like to watch it. And the idea was to circumscribe the problem and treat one, two, and maybe three problems. Just like if you have a sore shoulder, you fix the shoulder, you don't work on the toenails. If there's a leak in the roof, you fix the leak in the roof, you don't have to burn down the whole house. So after my training, I went up to uh, New York Presbyterian, Columbia Medical Center, and I met a great mentor, Dr. Herbert Spiegel, who was just an expert in behavior modification, what became known as cognitive therapy and hypnosis. And I spent about four or five years with him. And then I took the program to NYU Medical Center, my home base, and opened up the short-term psychotherapy unit. And the first uh, few years, we treated smoking cessation in one visit and weight control in one visit. Uh, Had more success with smoking control than with weight control. And then we launched into anxiety, phobias, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I ran that program for about 20 years. And of course, I used it in my own private practice. At the same time, I developed an interest in writing, and I've been writing newspaper columns for the last 35 years, and decided a few years ago to put this into a book. 
And uh, the book is called Find Freedom Fast. And obviously it's available on Amazon and at the website findfreedomfast.com. And I'm able to now speak about it. I'm very proud of the book because the book is very different from almost all self-help books in that it talks about me just like I did. Not too much about me, but talks about me. And then it kind of defines uh, the the anxiety, what phobias are like, uh, PTSD, my experience in PTSD is all in the civilian uh, world, not military. And it talks a little bit about, about insomnia. And then it gives a composite of vignettes of people who were treated uh, successfully. Of course, one of the great uh, aspects of treatment is it's good to have people who are motivated. You know, it's, it's much harder when you deal with folks who are um, going to yes, but you and yes, but you. But you can work with them once you teach them what they're doing. But I think the short-term therapy is underused. And even in today's world, a vast amount of talk therapy has a beginning. It can have a very long middle. And in some cases, it just doesn't end. And I still believe that you can circumscribe that problem. And it should be taught more in training programs. And it should be um, it should allow a person to be a good consumer so that they can go into a mental health situation and kind of decrease the stigma by asking, is this going to be short-term of the problem and not just go on forever and ever and ever? And if the problem is a severe case of anxiety or a phobic situation or a combination of both, there are very clear behavior modification ways and cognitive therapy ways. I, I created the learning philosophizing and action technique uh, and it's my spin on cognitive behavior therapy, which is kind of complicated. People say, what is it? And not a lot of people really do it. A lot of folks talk about it. But the learning system is you learn how you got to a certain state. And many people are able to pinpoint that. And then you kind of philosophize about it and how it's affected your life. And then we try and find a way uh, in the world of action to get a different perspective on the old set of problems. Um, and some people are more prone to anxiety than others. Uh, you know, it's just like a physical thing. Two people pick up a heavy box and one is just fine and the other puts their back out. You know, the person gets back either gets better or the person goes for help. It's usually short-term help. And the same kind of model can be used to mental health. Obviously, there are situations where long-term care is necessary. There are situations where uh, some of the excellent medications are very, very helpful, even though in today's world, in my opinion, uh, their medications are being overused and one being added to another and oftentimes with, with mixed results. But uh, when used properly, the medications are excellent in, some, in certain aspects of uh, mental, mental problems. Anyway, that's that's what I've done. That's what I've tried to put together. And I put, try to put it together in a relatively short book, which is very easy read. And people keep telling me that it's in my words. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I think, uh, for example, um, just take uh, the problems women have uh, when they get pregnant and they're in the working world. I think of two uh, women uh, I've known way back in the past. And one was a very successful hostess in a very, very, very busy commercial restaurant. And she was pregnant with her first child. She was full of a lot of anxiety, uh, fearing that when she went out and had the baby, someone else would take her job as a hostess because she knew all too well there were people in that program, uh, in, that, in that restaurant, who would like 
take over her job. And the anxiety was tremendous. Her, she shared this with her primary care doctor. There wasn't any medication to give her, nor would she take it in the sense that she was pregnant. And um, I taught her some relaxation exercises and taught her some uh, self-hypnosis strategies. And I let her use a, a magic screen just to project the joy she'd have in, in having her first child, as opposed to the terror and anxiety about not having the job when she came back, even though she probably had about two days, as I recall, or three days of paid leave. As, as you probably know, this, there's no real paid leave in the country except for those in some of the most uh, highest uh, paying specialties. But anyway, um, she seemed to do very, very well just by f focusing on how she and her husband and the family would relate to this uh, new child. And it took away a lot of the anxiety. She practiced it every day four or five times, and it worked. Interesting enough with this lady, she and her husband went out for dinner once to a very nice restaurant, and somebody in that restaurant recognized her as working in another restaurant, and they said, hey, when you come back, to work how about coming to work with us we would love to have you so sure enough she actually got a new job that of course had nothing to do with me but nevertheless uh it worked out well i think of another lady who was a super smart genius lawyer and uh, she also became pregnant and um was so overwhelmed with anxiety so overwhelmed with anxiety because the man in the in the uh, and the law firm she was in, it was a very big firm, uh, were just very negative towards her because they knew she had a, they were going to pick up a lot of her work. And she was, she was, she had tremendous job security. She also had at least five months of paid leave. So that wasn't a problem. What was a problem was the attitude of colleagues who were just fine working with her until she got pregnant. And the way we worked with her also taught us some good relaxation exercises. And the way um, she overcame this, and believe it was shocking that someone as smart as this woman didn't see this on her own. And this is where short-term treatment works. You give a new perspective on the old set of problems. And basically, uh, uh, the suggestion was, how about fun? some of the men, they must be there, who are very happy you're going to have a baby and that you're pregnant. And sure enough, she found those kind of men, and it made a tremendous difference. It was a very short-term therapeutic situation, and everything worked out well. Uh, I don't know if this example works for you, or these two examples, but they worked for these people. Yeah, I, I want to, um, there's a lot of information there, so I want to just take a step back. Can you, is it possible to define short-term therapy and what that means are we talking like one session 60 minutes is it different for every person or are we just talking like what what does that really look like well i think the one term 160 minutes was for smoking cessation and some aspects of weight control teaching someone how to link that excess eating or the smoking habit with respect and protection for their body when it comes to phobias and anxiety uh, and some aspects of PTSD, sometimes you've got to take a time shuttle back and see how you learned it and um, see how it's affected your life and then try and find a new strategy to move forward. So it can be a month. It can be um, three months, but not necessarily a visit every single week. It can be six months, but not a visit every single week. You may want to get to know someone uh, two, three, four weeks in a row. But then you can spread out those visits if they still need it. So basically, 
it's it's short term because you're trying to focus on the problem. You're trying to isolate one problem or two problems and sometimes maybe three, but not try and develop a philosophy of why we're here on the planet and what happened when you were seven years old and your uncle didn't pick you up on time from school and what does that mean to you? Or um, you're coming to an office setting for your office visit and you're, you're wet because it's raining out and you tell the therapist, gee, I dug it all wet in the rain and the therapist says, well, what does that mean to you? Well, that's okay. And if that helps you and you spend two or three weeks or a month or two discussing what it means to be caught in the rain, that's one kind of therapy, but that's not going to be short-term therapy. And that may not be the therapy you, you wanted to get when you came in for care. The book tries to also educate the consumer to ask a therapist, uh, do you do something short term? I, I, I'm afraid to drive across a bridge. I'm afraid of elevators. Dogs scare me. Uh, I get anxious when I have to ask for a raise at, at, in the workplace. Um, I can't speak in front of large groups of people, even at a PTA meeting. So how, how do you see this as the problem and not spread it out into all kinds of other issues? Like, you know, how do you feel about getting wet on a rainy day? And it's just trying to do what most of medical care does, which is you come to a, a provider, you come to a doctor, uh, in this case, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a mental health social worker, a nurse practitioner, and you present with a, present a problem. And if the problem is going to be uh, medication management, well, that's a different kind of problem. It's going to look like it's long term because the person has many, many diffuse issues. But if a fo person can focus, and many, many people can focus on just what it is, uh, what is bothering them, and that becomes short term. I don't like to say it's 12 weeks or 16 weeks because um, it isn't always that way. It, you can expect to do 12 weeks and suddenly a person is better in, in four weeks. You can expect to do 12 weeks and someone some, suddenly, suddenly it's 20 weeks. But it's short term compared to what um, the characters show in, in movies and in some books where it just goes on for a very, very long period of time. As I said, uh, a beginning, sometimes a very long middle, and sometimes no end. And so, that, um, so tell us a little bit, because what you're talking about is incredibly important, and Right now, as you know, we are at an all-time high for depression, anxiety amongst youth, amongst adults, and it's, it's also triggering you know, the highest suicide rate we've ever had. Um, and I know that you talk about this three-step method of how you can you know, um, kind of help what's happening right now in, in our country. And I'd love to see if in quick you can kind of just talk about those that three-step method that empowers people so that they can help themselves and hopefully overcome some of the anxiety and depression that, that, that we're, we're latching onto. Well, I think I'd like to separate a little bit anxiety from depression because with, with depression, there are some very good medications that work, although they don't work in all people. Um, probably they work in about 50% of people, according to what the researchers tell us. Um, and cognitive behavior therapy for a mild or moderate depression 
seems to parallel the success rate with medications. In certain severe depressions, it's clearly medication management and sometimes hospitalization. When it comes to anxiety, that's a whole different kind of a picture, and the two are not really link that well. So depression is one thing with multiple ways to treat it, including medication management. But medication management with ongoing talk therapy seems to be the best way to, to treat it. And good, good, a good connection with your, with your therapist, regardless of what the therapist's specialty is. In terms of anxiety, and then even including phobic anxiety, uh, what comes to mind is a gentleman who's terrified of dogs. And uh, we look at the learning, philosophizing, and action technique, which I outline in the book. And um, primary care doctor sends this man uh, for psych care because there's no pill the primary care doctor can give when he's walking down, the, when the gentleman is walking down the street, sees a dog, and his heart's beating faster, he starts to sweat, he races across the street, and it's disturbing his entire life. So... The primary care doc sends him for psychiatric help. So this man comes in, and he's quite motivated to feel better, get rid of this phobia, and you learn something, LPA. What does he learn? He grew up with his mom and grandmother, and they both did not like dogs. Well, it's okay not to like dogs. However, in terms of his development, he became anxious and phobic around dogs. So what translated to two people not liking dogs uh, became uh, a terrible burden he had to carry. Uh, and he was just living with it in, in a difficult situation. So one day he starts talking to a friend of his that he knew from college who lives a thousand miles away, and they decide to get together, and he's going to go visit him in a month or so. And it's, he's really feeling good about this until he finds out the friend has a dog. And then everything just per percolates up, and he's just anxious even when he's not seeing dogs. And now I'm seeing him. And we get this history. This is how he learned to have the anxiety state. Uh, it's affected a great deal of his life. Now what are we going to do to get him better? Well, the first thing, he goes out and buys himself a really nice uh, dog book with beautiful uh, colored pictures. And we look at it together. And he's really anxious looking at it after a little while. He's able to turn the pages and act, actually enjoy looking at the dogs. <clears throat> the second step of the program is can he find a trusted friend, and the word trust here is very important, who has a dog, gentle, friendly, nice dog. And, of course, he knows someone who's got a dog. Doesn't visit with them, but he knows someone who has a dog, and they are a friend. The idea is he goes through a program where the friend two, three, four times a week, whenever it's convenient, holds the dog on a leash, and he finds a way in, in a park someplace or even on the street if possible where he will approach the dog at the, at, the, at the meter he wants. He'll approach it his way, and the trust comes in where the friend will never let the dog come to him. The idea eventually is for him to get close enough to the dog to even pat it. And in that way, desensitize himself from the anxiety and the phobic situation that he learned. And that's affected his life. And actually, after about three or four weeks, and of course, he's seen me during this period, and we're still looking at the dog book. And after a number of weeks, as I said, he's able to actually pat the dog. And he's able to end up going to visit his friend 
who has a dog. And obviously the friend has a nice, warm, friendly dog. And that's a successful outcome. Not every outcome is as successful as that, but it would be good to be able to have more and more people treat in this manner as opposed to spend weeks or months discussing his mother and grandmother and whether they were right or wrong in saying they didn't like dogs because that is that's an interesting road to go down but is that going to solve the problem he wants solved right absolutely Does that, make sense? that makes complete sense so so <laughs> Let, just to reiterate for our audience, we have the LPA method, which is learning, philosophizing, and action. Um, Bob, this has been a really great and full conversation. Obviously, you're you're very qualified in what you do, and you have years of experience. I'd love to jump into the power section of the interview and just kind of get to know you on a more personal level and start by asking you what's one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us. Oh, what have I what have I read in terms of of the of the books I've read besides my own book, Find Freedom Fast? Just one book that has an in, that made an impact on you that you would recommend to us. Well, would you be suggesting a book on mental health or psychiatry or just a novel in general? Whatever, whatever impacted you, it's up to you. You get to make the decision. Well, I've always I always liked the reading Hemingway. I liked. Um, some of the great Hemingway novels. I don't have one in particular. There was The Sun Also Rises. Um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that book. Um, in, in my world, uh, there was a great book by my mentor, Dr. Herbert Spiegel, and his son, David Spiegel, who was at Stanford, uh, called Trance and Treatment. That's in the professional world. And The Sun Also Rises was a good, good read for me. The old Hemingway days... Uh, no, I gave you two. I know you asked no, that's one, great. but I gave you two. That's great. And we always like to ask, if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it the golden nugget, what would your final message be? Oh, I, I think, um, what is the final message? Well, from the time we're born, the dance goes very quickly. And I think we have to do the best we can to, to bring out the best in who we are and rise to our greatest potential. And some people do have issues in the emotional world, like I talk about in, in the book, Find Freedom Fast. And I think resolving those issues gives you a much greater potential to fulfill your destiny. That's so true. And we always like to ask, you know, how do we stay connected and how do we support you? So we know that we have the book. We can find that on Amazon. Is there any other place that we can find you and support you? Well, there is a website called findfreedomfast.com. Okay, beautiful. And, uh, and I don't know, uh, I don't know the book, I don't know the names of the, the number of bookstores that are going to be carrying it. Okay, wonderful. So we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. And then lastly, as you know, we are the company Rise Up For You. When you hear that phrase, what comes to mind? What does that mean for you? Be the best you can be. Beautiful. Absolutely. Bob, thank you so much for your time today. It was such a pleasure. Well, thank you. It's been, thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find this on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. 
Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.